Welcome to Rivers in the Desert International, a revival ministry dedicated to bringing the living waters of God's love to a hurting and dying world. It is our desire as you listen to the following message that the Holy Spirit will fill you afresh and that you would be ignited into a fervency for Jesus. This is the day to be filled with the knowledge of His glory as the waters cover the sea. God is doing something new on planet Earth today, and you and I have the great privilege to be a part of it. We love you. Be blessed. Shalom, friends. This is Scott Holtz with Rivers of the Desert. We greet you, Mega and Rav Shalom, this morning from Israel in the Promised Land here in this sector of the Middle East. Glory to God. A lot of exciting things are happening uh, currently. A lot of stuff on our plate here. Let's dive into the Word of God quickly. I'm reading from Ephesians chapter 5. And we're uh, coining this message today, this communicate to you, imitating to expose the underworld. And as you know, as you followed this ministry, God has uh, given us an anointing to sound the trumpet, to blow the shofar, and things are exposed. And a sentencing goes forth by the Spirit of God. Mighty, mighty things. Government corruption. Underworld figures. Um, Sebastians of evil. Strongholds. Uh, terrorism. All types of stuff comes forth to be brought to the light. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage you how we can do that. Glory to God. But this is something that really pleases God. This pleases God so much. Hallelujah. And you and I, we are on this track together to please Him. Glory to God. So it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, Be imitators of God as beloved children. So we see here, we're to imitate Him. And how? Well, walk in love just as Messiah also loved you and gave Himself up for us as an offering and sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. So we see here, our idea of walking in love is this fragrant aroma to God, and our model and example of Jesus is to give ourselves up, hallelujah, just as he did. So we're called to be imitators of God. But you have to understand the context here. Um, Chapter 5, verse 1, 2, and 3, these numbers here were put there by the redactors for reference purposes. This is not the original intent of the author. It's one whole letter. So let's not divide the scriptures up by chapters and stop reading things just because a number sequence ends or, or begins afresh. Let's read the whole context. Let's let the Word of God come off this rice paper and speak to us today. God is speaking through his word here. Be imitators of him and walk in love. And most people say, well, if I just walk in love, that's it. You know, walk in love is a shortcut, you know, on my desktop screen. If I click on the love walk and just stay in the love walk, well, everything else just works out, okay? And God loves me. Well, no, that's, you have to understand what the love walk really is. The love walk is not just being nice to people and just having charity gifts, okay? Come on, folks. The love walk is going to be exposed here in a way that's going to bless you. Glory to God. It's going to bring fuel to your marriage. It's going to bring blessings to your life and putting down the schemes enemy. Let's read this whole thing in context. So it says here, Ephesians chapter 5, to walk in love, to be imitators of him. Why are we supposed to be imitating him? Just to please him? Or is there a greater scheme, hallelujah, that God has mysteriously unveiled in these last days for us walking in love and, and imitating him, glory to God, to bring even more pleasure to him Glory to God to help be those uh, hairline triggers. Glory to God to initiate the plan of God upon planet earth. Well, I believe that. Let's keep on reading. It says here, imitating God, first of all, is uh, let not immorality or any impurity or greed even be named among you as proper among saints. 
Isn't it amazing, brothers and sisters? We're, we are commanded to have nothing to do with immorality. And people give me a hard time, these, these lukewarm, pukewarm Christians out there, for uh, being so hard about entertainment. Let me tell you something. If you see a fornication scene, adultery scene, I don't care what kind of movie it is, what kind of entertainment, what kind of soap opera, what kind of daytime show it is, what kind of even music it is, you have no business watching it. Okay, we're called to be imitators of God. We have a specific purpose, like a Nazarite vow we've been set apart for. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And our job is to take down the enemy, as I'm going to show you here in just a few moments. So is that not immorality or impurity or greed to be named among you as proper as saints? Notice the idea of greed is in the same category as immorality and impurity. Verse 4 says, There makes me no filthiness or silly talk, or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. I'm, not, I'm one that has, I don't mind a good, healthy, Holy Ghost laugh, you know, and joy of the Lord. But the Bible draws a clear line here about silly talk. Linguistic key, the Greek New Testament says here, um, foolish or silly talk, the talk of fools. Okay? It is where a mere laugh is aimed at, even without wit. Coarse jesting, okay? Uh, deceptive speech. Interesting, isn't it? You know, people just sit around and laugh a lot and joke about everything, you know. They're, they're in sin. They're not pleasing God. A multitude of words ever sin. Amen? We got two ears and one mouth. I was trying to tell my daughter that yesterday. Explain to her that she needs to do the dishes, okay? And not give me feedback, okay? And she should be willingly, lovingly wanting to do it. Glory to God. And not just asking for allowance after she does it. Amen? Trying to teach some Christ-like character to her. And I said to her, you know, how many ears you have? She goes, two. How many mouth? One. Okay, sweetheart, we got to be doing twice as much listening as we do talking. And she got it. Glory to God. Brothers and sisters, we're not called just to joke around, just to make funny statements, just to say things, just to be a motor mouth, okay? We're to be quick to hear and slow to speak. And in our speaking, glory to God, it should be seasoned with such grace and anointing to minister grace and blessing to people, also to move in the joy of the Lord, but not this silly, stupid talk. You say, what kind of talk? You know, stuff. Come on. The Tonight Show. David Letterman. That's all silly talk. You have no business watching that garbage. Anyway, moving right along here. Glory to God. So he goes on and says here, but rather giving of thanks. You know, our whole basic structural feature of being a believer on earth, our whole ethic as a Christian is to give him thanks. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, verse 5 is interesting. This you know of a certainly no immoral or impure or covetous man. Now the word uh, immoral there talks about male prostitutes, homosexuals, Okay. Interesting, huh? Or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. I was in the desert doing a shofar drive-by on the Egyptian border. We have a real problem along the Egyptian border right now with Bedouin tribes on the Egyptian Sinai being paid by Al-Qaeda and other um, terror organizations to bring not just human trafficking across, but now we have a problem with the Sudanese refugees filtering into the country illegally, um, but also drug smuggling and weapon smuggling, um, 
coming across the border. So whether it's the sound of the shofar, glory to God, and do a Holy Ghost infrared spirit of justice special ops there. And uh, as I was doing that, I began to have this sensation that judgment is coming to Israel. I just had this sensation that in the spirit, I just my eyes were opened up to the spirit realm. I saw it's almost like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah living in this country. I'll get I'll get to that in just a moment. But I just sense that judgment is coming. And notice here, God says the reason judgment is coming is because of these empty words. Let no one deceive you. How about this here? Um, these hollow sophistries or apologies for sin. Isn't that what the secret sensitive church? I just got a call from a ministry yesterday from Florida who told me that he's been looking for a, a local church for him and his family to go to and he can't find one in Florida. He says, the Baptist churches are, are singing now um, Pentecostal contemporary charismatic songs, okay? And then the Pentecostal churches are all becoming like Baptist churches now. Seeker sensitive, you know, user-friendly services. And these services are based on um, not exposing sin, okay, but apologizing, okay, for sin. And getting people into knowing God's love without the the exposure of sin and corruption in their life because that that doesn't fill out, fill out a Sunday morning crowd in this hour now does it? So I began to explain to him, you know, brother, we're in the last days. Hang in there, glory to God. And uh, if you can't find a church to go to, maybe you should start one. If God hasn't called you to start one, well, at least you need to have be having some type of midweek Bible study prayer meeting with your children and your family. Disciple them. Don't. Be just looking for having to be looking for a restaurant to go to. Just fix your own food sometimes, amen. Why are you always looking for a restaurant to go eat at? Just go to go get the, the staple diet that you need and cook it at home. Hallelujah. That's what we're forced to do here in Israel. There's not a whole lot of fellowships here. Man, we got we got buku religious devils running around all around this place in the form of Judaism or Islam, okay? Whacked out Orthodox Christians, all kinds of weird stuff going on around here. And uh, it's hard to find a place to go to here in Israel. So we just preserve our own food. Glory to God. We just fix out our own basement. Glory to God. And get our Bibles open and worship God and read his word. Hallelujah. And uh, you've got to learn to be able to do that yourselves too. Hallelujah. What do you think the believers in Saudi Arabia do? The underground church that was in Russia and China, they're always having to look for public meetings to go to? Of course not. They're meeting in their homes. They're meeting at the lakeside in the forest. Glory to God. That's what we're getting used to here in Israel. But anyway, moving right along. We cannot sit around and be deceived by these apologies for sin anymore. That's why God's wrath is coming. Do you see it? These people say, well, God's judgment's on America right now because of Obama and because of abortion. And because of this and that. And I agree with that. But that's not the only reason judgment's coming on America and the Western Christianized world right now. Judgment is coming because judgment begins in the house of God first. And the judgment he's been beginning with right now is exposing all these leaders, all these Levites who can't keep their Levites on, all this sexual sin, all this divorce and remarriage, all this nonsense going on in the house of God. Okay, God's been exposing that. And, you, and you've been seeing it happening. Okay. And, but also he's exposing now, and this is why his wrath is coming, 
not just because of this moral uh, decay in our country, not because of what president's in there only. It's because of this. God's wrath is coming on the sons of disobedience because of empty words, because of sophisticated um, Christianese talk that explains away sin, explains away the need of repentance, explains uh, how you can prosper, how you can be blessed, how you can be positive and fulfilling how your life, your destiny can be fulfilled. Folks, this is an apology for sin. And this is why God's judgment's coming, because the house of God, the majority of the leaders in North America that were born again, or their churches they, they've run were birthed from the fires of Pentecost, of past moves of God, had no longer moving with the Holy Ghost, but are moving into dry cleaning services on Sunday morning. They're not raising up a discipled group of warriors. They're stroking a bunch of goats, okay, to build out a facility, to get revenue, okay? The, the Sunday morning service is not how strong was the glory of God in here and, and it was what was nickels and noses. What was the attendance and what was the offering, okay? And I know what I'm talking about. I was raised and brought up in this whole environment. When I got born again, I have a Jewish family. And I was in this whole thing at Old Roberts University and the church growth. And look what's happening now. Old Roberts is taking home one of the most anointed and, and, and uh, 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 moral, good character men of the Word of Faith movement. Billy Joe Doherty, he was taken home prematurely. Gone. Taken home by God. Come on, folks, we all wake up and smell the coffee right now. Something's going on worldwide. Without a doubt, this whole Word of Faith movement and charismatic movement, Pentecostal movement, whatever you want to call it of the last 30, 40 years, it, it, God is doing something new. It's an old wineskin. God is bringing forth a move of His Spirit, hallelujah, not based on our terms and our prayer life, but by His own sovereignty, hallelujah. I get me preaching here, glory to God, hallelujah. It wasn't my purpose to start preaching, it was just to teach this morning, but it doesn't matter, it's good anyway. Glory to God, I feel the fire of God in my bones. I want to cast out devils. I tell you, folks, let me tell you, we're in the devil casting out business, and business is booming here in Israel. Hallelujah. So what I'm trying to get as a, look at what's happening. Look at all the immorality. Look at all the empty deception of sermons out there. People are explaining away sin. I want that good old-fashioned religion. Well, I don't want religion. I want the message of John the Baptist, the Elijah, to prepare the way. Glory to God to bring down every mountain of pride in my life. And lift up every area of destitution, hallelujah, until a, a, a broad valley, a highway is made for the glory of God to appear on. Hallelujah. I like to get beat up by God in a good way. Amen. Paul says, I buffet my body. I bruise it. Lest I have to preach to others, I myself be a castaway. I don't hear much teaching about how to bruise your body out there. People are into a comfort level, uh, like I was saying here, and a, a, a sophisticated message of destiny that has nothing to do with sin and repentance. And because of that, the Word of God says here, this is the reason the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. Now, verse 7 says, therefore, do not be partakers with them. Partakers with what? With this empty, hollow, deceptive words, these apologies for sin, these, these wisecrackers, this foolish jesting and talking, people of foolish speech, the immoral crowd, the covetous crowd, okay? The crowd that does not want to imitate God. I want to imitate my Father. Hallelujah. Now, let's find out how we can do that. Next verse says, 
Verse 8, you were formerly darkness, but now you were light in the Lord. Walk as the children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Endeavoring to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. I love this. In the linguistic key it says, Approve after examination. To arrange and execute a test. To accept and heed the results of a test. To carry out a careful examination. To find out by experience. The Bible says we are to heed carry out a careful examination on how we can please the Lord. Come on, folks. You know, Judgment Day is coming. We're going to stand before Him. If you don't know Jesus, you're listening to this broadcast, I encourage you to get born again. Call upon Him, repent of your sins, accept the, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for you, and get up and obey what He says. Get in love with His Word. Hallelujah. And ask His Spirit to fill you right now. Glory to God. Turn from your wicked ways. If you're a believer and you're teetering between lukewarmness, pukewarmness, okay, you know how to talk the talk, but inside the ground zero of your heart is still cold, well, I encourage you to wake up right now and endeavor and start testing things to find out how you can please God, because we're going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. If we're believers, I ain't talking about the great white throne of, throne of judgment for the, for the sinner who'll be damned forever. I'm talking about the great white throne, okay? of judgment for the sinner and the, the judgment seat of Christ where we're going to be accessed for our reward structure. What we did on earth will determine our position, rank, and authority in heaven. Come on, folks. I'm Jewish. Glory to God. I'm into long-range investments. And Jesus said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So what we do now will determine our position, rank, and authority in the, in the next life. Hallelujah. Sounds good to me. I live 80, 90, 100 years on earth. What's that compared to eternity? It's a puff of smoke. It's a vapor. It's nothing. So everything we do now is not for self-consumption, self-pleasure. It's to build up for ourselves. Hallelujah. We're laboring for this future day to stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ. And I want him to say, well done, good and faithful. I don't want him to say medium rare. I want him to say, well done. And all my works pass through the fire. Hallelujah. Whatever was not done for him was burned up. And then I receive a reward. And that's, that's final exam day. You know? I remember I was a student at Old Roberts University in the graduate program. And I used to get there and I'd get to sit in the first day in class and the petri passing out a syllabus. And you'd hear the collective moaning and groaning. Oh, i got to read this book. Oh, look at all these tests. Oh, look at all these papers i got to turn in. Okay, now I read that stuff and it says, praise God. Hallelujah. And I would go back to my dormitory room and I would study when most of my friends would go to the basketball game or go out and eat pizza or whatever, you know, and they get three or four days before the exam and they'd be all nervous, you know, overdosing on caffeine, trying to stay up all night, jamming, cramming for the test. And I would just sleep like a baby. Hallelujah. But I've been studying for the last three months already. Glory to God. And I go into those oral tests or those written tests. Come on. I go into those situations where there are tough tests. And I knew, I knew the answers. Why? Because I was studying the answers for three months before. I wasn't praying, you know, praying in worry tongues, trying to ask God to help me. Come on, he already was helping me. I just said, Lord, just bring back my remembrance what I, what I faithfully studied. Went in there, I started making A's. Hallelujah. I only made one B when I was at Old Roberts University. I made straight A's there. Graduated summa cum laude. 3.975 was my cumulative grade point average. Whoopie-doo, big deal. Well, why? Was I'm brilliant? Why? I have some Einstein DNA in me? No. Come on, folks. I'm just... 
was faithful to study. It's that simple. Hallelujah. I just prepared myself because I knew final examples were coming. And I'm the same way. And you're drafted behind this ministry. You're feeding off this. My job is to get you ready for this final exam. To stand before him on that day. Glory to God. And he says, well done. And you enter into your reward. Glory to God. And that's what's happening here. We've got to get ready. As I see all these things happening on earth, the Bible says, lift up your head so your redemption draws nigh. Our liberations draw nigh, folks. Glory to God. And so while we're here, let's endeavor how to please the Lord. And how? Let's test by careful examination. Let's find out what the scriptures say, how to please Him. So we know earlier, walking in love pleases Him. It's an aroma. But also, not doing these immoral things please Him, okay? Staying away from these apologies for sin pleases him and at verse 11 it's awesome look at this let's endeavor okay let's examine how we can please the lord that's what i want to do with my life how about you and verse 11 do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness but instead expose them now this is awesome we're called to have no fellowship for the unfruitful deeds of darkness movie avatar come on now home box office, all that, that garbage and everything. Be in your mind ever. It says, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. You know, you're just sitting around watching TV. It's unfruitful. Sitting around hanging out with people just telling silly jokes all the time is unfruitful. Sitting around and living an immoral life is unfruitful. Okay? Not giving yourself up to God, hallelujah, and pleasing Him is an unfruitful life. Okay, so what is fruitful? Well, the fruitful side is not just to be hanging on here in our little closed, ingrown communities of believers and never being salt outside that's the shaker to affect the world. The way we please him is to expose the darkness. Now, the Greek word here for exposing, the linguistic key, I love this linguistic key, Greek New Testament by Zonifrin. You know, I've been quoting this thing so much, I brought it back into, into print. <laughs> Glory to God. Zondervan had so many people call him the last 10 years saying, we're the linguistic key to the Greek New Testament, Fritz Rineker. We took that thing out of print a long time ago. We're going to put it back. We got so many calls for it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm one of them. Come on. Anyway, I've been telling people to buy this thing. Glory to God. Anyway, so it says here, expose, to reveal hidden things, to reprove, to correct, to punish, to discipline. That's amazing. We are called to please Him, and what pleases God is to expose, bring to light, reveal, reprove, correct, discipline, bring to life the hidden deeds of darkness. Wow! So you and I are called to expose the darkness, to expose the underworld. Hallelujah. Now, John chapter 3, verse 16. We all know John 3, 16, don't we? God so loved. You all can repeat it right now after me, can't you? But what about the rest of the verses? 18, 19, 20, 21. And this is the judgment. That men love the darkness more than the light. And they don't come to the light lest their deeds be, be exposed. Brothers and sisters, people who talk about, oh, God so loved the world so much, but the real judgment is can your works and your life endure the light of God right now? If not, repent. He'll forgive you. Get things corrected. 
bring forth fruits under repentance. Glory to God. And get moving forward in this hour. Hallelujah. Don't be a liability. Be a weapon of God against darkness. And you'll notice as you start to get to this place of, of desire to serve Him, desire to please Him, that you'll start having a hatred for darkness in your own personal life. And you'll begin to maturate and metamorphosize and transform into maturity. Hallelujah. Where you're walking through a neighborhood. I mentioned on the email yesterday, you're walking through a neighborhood and suddenly the Holy Ghost goes off inside of you. You start feeling weird. You start feeling uh, a slimy feeling, a, a gate of the underworld. That's the best way to describe it, a gate of the underworld. You know, I, I didn't mean to tell you what it feels like. Uh, I was in Spain uh, on a missions trip and the the pastor one day took us out for a little tour of the area and took us to this prehistoric cave, so to speak, they found way down in the earth. So you, you go up, climb this mountain and you go in the entrance of this cave, you go way down and they found all this, you know, different artwork, you know, and people that live down there or whatever. And I was down there, I began to sense this is a portal of hell. That when people die in this region and die without Christ, that the enemy, the demons, take their spirit down this portal into the depths of the earth. I, I mean, I said, this is, a, this is a portal to the underworld. This is one of the portals here of this region. Now, I'm not saying every cave is like that, but I just had that sensation in the spirit that this is where the underworld, the portals, the underworld is moved to receive its dead, it says in Isaiah. And this, I, I felt that was one of them. Okay? So, again, um, I don't get people all spooked out thinking, you know, and doing some Cherokee rain dance, so-called spiritual maneuvers at some cave entrances somewhere, okay? Come on, don't get off on me. But just understand there is an underworld, and our job is to expose it. So I'm walking through a neighborhood here in Israel, and I began to feel that feeling. I began to feel, man, there's a slimy feeling here. People say, well, what's it like? I says, well, why don't you get involved in street witnessing? Okay, quit being like a beach walrus on your couch watching reruns of golf. Come on. Come on, watching Tiger Woods, who he himself needs deliverance. And sitting around watching reruns of NASCAR or something or NFL, get off the couch and go and start ministering the gospel. And you'll find out right away you better be living right because it's not just ministering the gospel. You've got to get out there. Come on, and start taking on the works of darkness. And if you've got to be walking with the, the shield of faith. You've got to be walking in purity. And in doing that, glory to God, hallelujah, you'll begin to feel, wow, this is, this is, this, this is where the strong man is in this city. This is, there's, a, there's a den of iniquity here. And you begin to bind that, hallelujah, and begin to move in the anointing. And you begin to feel the pleasure of God. You'll come back from a night of street witnessing or a night of casting out devils, and you're like, Praise God, I just feel the joy of heaven. I, I, I feel God likes this stuff. Hallelujah, God. I was made for this moment. This is my destiny. Hallelujah. This is my destiny. To plunder hell and populate heaven, as one evangelist said. This is it. This is where I'm called to be. Hallelujah. And you're going to find out this is where God's pleasure zone is. And when you please him, glory to God, he'll please you. So it goes on and says here, do not participate in unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. Expose them. Bring them to light. For it's disgraceful even to speak of the things done by them in secret. By all, but all things become visible, verse 13, when they are exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. Now, interesting. 
For this reason, it says, Awake, sleeper, arise from the dead, and Messiah will shine on you. This is a direct quotation from Isaiah chapter 60. You know that beautiful little song that we've heard in church. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Mm -hmm. Take it out of your (laughs) inventory. Wrong melody. Okay, it meant well, wrong melody. Because in the original Hebrew, it's not arise, shine. It's kumi, ori. It's a command. It's an imperative. It means get up, you sleeper. Okay, it's the same word used for the resurrection of the dead. When Jesus spoke to the young girl, telakumi, arise. Come on, folks, hallelujah. Paul's not saying, awake, little sleeper, time to get up. No, get up, you sleeper. It's a strong, strong imperative speech here. Get up, sleeper. Why? Because in Isaiah 60, it's preceded by the Lord himself coming and not finding justice in the earth and putting on his own helmet of salvation and coming like a flash flood, hallelujah, and all Israel being saved. That's the context of Isaiah 59. Not the enemy coming in like a flash flood. God himself coming in like a flash flood. A sudden flash flood that hit Israel a couple weeks ago. Glory to God. That unfortunately several flood chasers were killed. People didn't listen. People were stranded. People, hikers, truckers, were caught up in this flash flood because they say, well, I'm driving here. It never rains like this here before. And boom, it rained. More rain fell in the Negev highlands in one night than the entire recorded history of Israel. And flash floods hit, and that's the type of the shadow, of not the enemy coming, Isaiah 59, of Jesus coming back. And this is what Paul uses to quote in I, uh, um, getting ahead of myself, Romans 11, 25, 26. Not all Israel will be saved. So because the Lord's going to come, judgment's coming, because there's no justice in the earth, so to speak, except believers that are walking in justice, everything else is corrupt. And he himself is going to put on this armor and come back. Glory to God. And we have a chance to be with him in that same armor here in Ephesians 6. I'll get to that in just a moment. And he's telling us to wake up because he's coming back like a flash flood. And how do we wake up? By not being a part of darkness, but instead exposing him. Hallelujah! <laughs> he goes on and says here, Therefore be careful while you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. <clears throat> I love this in the linguistic key. The idea of... Um, Redeeming the time is the idea of buying strawberries or buying produce in the ancient market of the Greek or Roman world. You had to buy it now because there was no refrigeration processes back then. Okay? Where you just walk to the store and just open up the frozen food section and take it home and defrost it. No. You had to buy the strawberries, the asparagus, the bananas or whatever. You had to buy it now because it wouldn't be available later. And that's what he's saying here. Redeem the time. You have the time now. Now. Redeem the time. How? By waking up and exposing darkness. Glory to God. And that's how we're supposed to make the best of our time each day. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay, the will of the Lord is not to be drunk with wine. Wine represents not just alcohol, but the whole lifestyle of whining and dining, the whole lifestyle of entertainment, the whole lifestyle of uh, a feel-good society, okay? But be filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. 
And that's a passive present imperative in the Greek, which is allow yourself to be continually and habitually filled with the Spirit. Well, suddenly, we're all supposed to get all just happy and laughing and sing with her in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Come on, folks. The whole purpose of being filled with the Spirit, okay, and being intoxicated in the Spirit in this context here, it's because you put off the works of darkness, because you put off the deeds of darkness, because now you are Holy Ghost Rambos and Ramboettes exposing the darkness. Glory to God. And then it moves now into chapter uh, 522 through 33 about how to love your wife. And how and you're an image of Messiah who gave himself. Glory to God. You're cleansing your wife. Glory to you, keeping her um, from evil. You're keeping her from uh, the works of darkness. You're keeping her from evil influences. Glory to God. Just as Messiah is keeping us from that. And then it talks about chapter 6, putting on the full armor of God against the wiles of the enemy. So we see here that we're called to imitate God, to imitate the way he loves, to imitate the way he loves his church, the same way husbands are to love their wives, We're to imitate his warfare personality of putting on the same armor he has. That's the armor of God. Hallelujah. Paul's not talking about Roman armor here. Come on, folks. He's talking about the armor of God from from Isaiah chapter 59. Hallelujah. Now it goes on and says here that we're to imitate God by exposing devils, exposing evil. You know, as as I walk through Israel here, there's so much corruption here. We got different gangs, mafia, stealing military weapons, okay, to use to kill other gang members and other mafia figures, or they're selling it to the Palestinians, okay, who turn around to use it to kill us, Israelis here. We got um, this mafia. That's all it is. It's, it's like, it's like a, a drug mafia. You're talking about the problem of Afghanistan is not just Al-Qaeda. The problem in Afghanistan is not just fanatical, demon-possessed, Islamic jihadists. Let me tell you, the problem of Afghanistan is pharmakia, sorcery, drug abuse, heroin, and opium. Okay? That's the gate of the underworld. I was reading a book. You know, I told you guys I, I met on the airplane. I was reading a book about... Uh, the 911 Commission and the, the years of uh, Afghanistan and bin Laden before 911 happened and why we didn't catch it. And it was talking about in there, it was, you know, in this book about a certain uh, military general, Air Force general, that was uh, asked by Bill Clinton to become the next head of the CIA. And he, by, by the way, was sitting next to me on the airplane when I was reading the book. Glory to God. And I had a chance to meet him, witness to him in California. But anyway, um, as I'm reading this book, it talks about this almost mystical, mysterious revival that the Taliban, these small Islamic schools, suddenly took over the nation. And when I was reading that, I said, that's it. That's the underworld. That is a revival of the underworld. And the network of this underworld that caused this brooding ground, okay, for terror was not Saudi Arabia and Mecca, the center of Islam, okay? Bin Laden left Saudi Arabia, the, the, the real, the fermenting development of terror for the underworld did not come out of Islam. It came out of the opium fields, the opium trafficking of Afghanistan. It is that spirit of the underworld. So when you look at terrorism, you look at mafia, you look at drug lords, it's all connected. It's all clannish. It's all tribal. 
They all fight with one another like the Chicago street gangs in the 1920s, okay? But it's even more than that. There is a, there is a strong man, usually, a strong central figure, whether it be a mafia a godfather or a terror figure like bin Laden or a drug lord or somebody in charge of an underground. There are these, and it's very clannish, and, it's, and these people are the strong men that need to be bound, okay? And when you look at that, I talk to special forces, and they tell me, you know, in the Palestinian areas of Judea and Samaria, you know, each city has its own mafia or drug lord. And uh, it's these uh, terrorist gangs are really like mafia gangs run by different families, okay? And it's not a centralized government. What it is is this demonized underworld mysterious wandering stars of darkness, black wandering angels, okay, evil, Jude says, that began to manifest from the underworld in these puppets, these humans, okay, that are bent on evil, on greed, on uncleanness. So what you have is prostitution, human trafficking, uh, economic things like gambling, illegal gambling, uh, Grand Theft Auto, chop shops, uh, drug lords, okay? It's all connected with terrorism, you see? So as I'm walking through Israel, this stuff starts going off in me like a Geiger counter, okay? Something radioactive is in the area. And we began to move in the spirit, blow the shofar. Now, folks, you know, I say we have a long track record of doing this. Hallelujah. And uh, this is not just uh, evangelistically talking. This is real stuff. You go to my website, you'll see on the Signs and Wonders page a uh, picture of that a uh, Canadian Royal Mountain uh, RCMP took of us worshiping at the Canadian Parliament one night. And on the seventh frame, this mysterious white cloud appeared over. It says, we're worshiping God. And a lot of people get excited about that. Nothing wrong with that. But the whole purpose of us going to the parliament was for us to blow the shofar that night that corruption be exposed. I was in revival meetings in Ottawa. God told, take the whole church and let's go to the parliament and blow the shofar. God's going to expose something. So we blew the shofar against the corruption. And three days later, one of the largest scandals ever hit the fan in the Canadian politics. And today they have a different government in Canada because the Liberal Party was ousted out because of this hidden corruption. Over a billion dollars were missing. Okay, I won't need to go into all the details of it, but this happens all the time. We go places, we blow the shofar in a church. Okay, God exposes. Whatever is hidden is exposed. God's doing it. I'm just the messenger boy. Don't shoot the messenger just because you don't like the message. I'm doing what God's told me to do. And we prophesy. We blow the shofar. Something happens in the spirit realm. A definitive sentencing of the Lord goes forth. Whether it be at a government headquarters. Whether it be at a parliament building. Whether it be against terrorism. Whether it be against corruption. You know, lately we've been blowing the shofar against the underworld. Against the mafia. And you should see all the mafia, you know, godfather types and all their henchmen being exposed here in Israel right now. It's all over the news. So again, our job, and the reason I'm doing this is not because I just hate evil. I do it because I love God so much. Hallelujah. And the way we can please Him is to imitate Him. And one way of imitating Him, glory to God, is to wake up, put off darkness, it says here, and to expose it. Hallelujah. God likes it when you expose the darkness. 
God likes it. Hallelujah. When you walk through your public school system and suddenly your radar goes off inside your belly that something's wrong with this teacher here and that teacher needs to be exposed. Maybe they're a pedophile. Maybe they're a, something's going on, okay, that will bring evil to the students and you expose it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And God is behind you when you do that. Now, of course, people will hate it because those who are in the darkness hate the light. They'll hate you. They want to lynch you. Whatever. Praise God. Rejoice. Amen. But the thing I'm trying to get at is don't sit around a bunch of apologists for sin. Don't sit around and just listen to all this garbage going on out there and get into this religiosity of how much God loves you and the grace of God and all these things without reading the context of the grace of God. The grace of God is to expose evil. Hallelujah. The grace of God is to raise up warriors in this hour that will go forth and expose darkness. Hallelujah. That will seize the opportunity, redeeming the time because the days are short, and seizing the opportunity, not just being filled with the Holy Ghost and being intoxicated in His, in his love. And hallelujah. Glory to God. And loving your wife or husband and, and moving in a place of, of raising and discipling your children, providing a living for them. But your extracurricular activities, your, in, your excitement in life, hallelujah, is not just to sit around in a worship service and enjoy the music. Your excitement in life is to go and expose the evil. Hallelujah. And in that place, you will reach a climax of pleasure in God. Hallelujah. Well, he'll rejoice over you with shouts of joy, it says in Zephaniah, that the favor of God will be upon you. Hallelujah. Woo! Awesome stuff. Well, I got more to share, but we're running a little bit out of time here. Brothers and sisters, let me just let you know, uh, update you on the supply line that we need here. Uh, Dalit and I has thrown everything into what we, into pioneering this work here the last 30 months. Everything, every last penny we have thrown into this, personal savings, whatever. We've taken everything, kids, college funds, education, everything, just thrown it into building out this work here. And right now our economy in Israel, of course in America, worldwide, is going through some, some uh, testings. And people are beginning to pull back. I want to encourage people. You know, we have thousands of people that, that read our emails. I'm encouraged. If people would just give $25. a month per person. Go to our website, flashfloods.com. Sign up there real easy on the credit card giving page, okay? Become a monthly partner. Give $10, give $20, give $50, give $100, okay? For Israel's salvation. Hallelujah. And we will take those funds and we will use them to expose the underworld here. We will use them to disciple the Arabs and Israelis and others that live here to the gospel, to the Lordship of Jesus, our Messiah. We will use the extra funds that come over and above that to buy and build out a facility here to train people in counterterrorism. Hallelujah. We will continue to do counterterrorism from now until he returns. Hallelujah. Because the last enemy to be put under our feet is the fear of death or the terror, terror of death. And the enemy has been disrupting our supply lines. So I'm at a situation now where I have to go back and return back to America. Return back to America and start itinerary, being away from my family and be away from what's happening here for months at a time. 
to raise support exactly what the enemy would would want us to do because uh, yes we come and be a blessing and we can see wonderful things happen in america but we need to be here i need to be here continuing to learn the language continually be here standing the gap taking on terror continually being here um uh pruning and and uh watering the vineyard that we're growing here hallelujah continuing with all the different connections we have in the government and the military all the wonderful people that are being witnessed to the new believers there's so much that's happening here brothers and sisters that i need to be on location here and if we would have the majority of our people that listen and read our emails listen to these podcasts would give monthly we could do it every amount adds up hallelujah so that's where we're at right now brothers and sisters um, and I want to thank you for those that have been giving sacrificially and those that have been responding. Thank you so much. I, I just pray God's best upon you, especially Philippians 4.19, that God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in the Messiah Jesus. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, let's seize this opportunity. Glory to God. It's so awesome what is happening, what is being built out here. Um, again, those who would like to come visit us here in Israel, just shoot me off an email, sh at flashfloods.com, and we will do our best to um, host you or to at least give you a few hours in your schedule if you're touring here or if you want us to do a tour for you, a VIP-type tour. Just contact us. Glory to God. We would love to, to serve you, wash your feet, and turn you on to what's happening here behind the scenes in the land of Israel. Glory to God. Shalom, shalom. We'll talk to you guys soon. Listen up closely and you'll have a chance to find out where you can send your your love gifts to, a check or money order, or how to get on our website. Glory to God. Shalom, shalom. Thank you for being a part of Rivers in the Desert International, listening to our message today to you. Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says, if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, they would be saved. The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful promise. You're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening. Go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says 
If anybody would call upon your name, they'd be saved. I'm calling today, Lord. Save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Take all of my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, I'm coming running home to you now. In your name I pray. Amen. If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America. Our ministry phone number is 770-777-0143. Of course, you can reach us anytime, 24-7, at our website contact page at www.flashfloods.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. We are here to help equip you to be tactical warriors in this hour, to wake up this church, to win and disciple lost souls, and to take out terrorism of all forms. God bless you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.